Only me, Bloodbag. We snagged her alive. It's gonna shred her. Shred her! Welcome to the Mad Max Minute, where I guess everyone is just going to have tinnitus in Mad Max Fury Road, one minute at a time. I'm Rick. And I'm Julia. And today we're talking about Minute 38, which begins with Furiosa kicking Max in the face, and it ends with Max finally getting his chain snipped. Back again for round two is the woman who has five levels of Iron Fist, meaning her punch attacks inflict double damage, <laughs> while criticals in bats paralyze her opponents. It's Casadilla from the Wicked Wasteland podcast. It's good to be back. When we last left off... Max and Nux both found themselves knocked prone, and as Furiosa charges Max, she kicks him square in the face, which I don't care what you're wearing, whether it's a helmet or a face mask or a muzzle, you're going to feel that. Oh yeah, but I bet he's pretty glad he had the muzzle on still at that point, because that could have ended up right in his teeth or right in his nose, and either one of those would just be awful, but the muzzle would actually distribute the the force of the blow more evenly across his face so it wouldn't be as much of an impact on sensitive areas, I guess? Maybe I'm crazy. No, no. that makes sense. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And I think it allows Max to retaliate the way he does. But I also think after she kicks Max in the face, Furiosa goes back for another knee to the face mm -hmm. and she lets out this scream <laughs> at Max. And I wonder if, like... <laughs> It's a Vigo Mortensen thing where kicking the face mask kind of hurt. Oh, yeah. And so now she's angry. Yeah. And mm -hmm. violent. Yeah. Maybe she broke her toe. <laughs> or or one of the spikes from the muzzle got embedded in her knee. Because the way that it looks Ooh. when she knees him in the face is that the spikes are pointing towards her knee, I mm -hmm. think. It's a little hard to see because it's so fast. But it looks like maybe she... No, maybe not. I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah, we're scrubbing through the minute trying to <laughs> trying to figure out the logistics of this hit. Either way, I'm willing to bet that she's wearing steel-toed boots. Yeah. So the kick, not so much. She probably didn't really feel it. But the knee, there's no way that didn't hurt. Mm. Spikes or no, there's no way that didn't hurt. This is very true. And the fact that she went in with the knee attack allows Max to pivot and push into her waist with his shoulder and head trying to push her off balance. It doesn't really work, though, because she is able to get a hold of that chain, and she wraps it around his neck and pulls it tight. Now, I think what she's trying to do is she's trying to leverage the fact that the chain is at a fixed point in the back of his head as she pulls it tight, because I think normally when you're trying to strangle someone, two hands are what you want to use. Yeah, but she is adept at accomplishing anything a two-handed person can with one hand. I'm wondering, is she trying to strangle him, or is she just pulling really hard in the hopes that it would like pull his head so far that he'd you know, be knocked out or be disabled in some way? I think if she can knock him out this way, I think she'd be happy with it. I don't think she'd take the time to go the full suffocation route. Yeah. Right. She doesn't need to kill him. Right. She just needs to disable him long enough to get back in the truck and drive away. Yeah. Because... Sure, Max can carry Nux around, but I'm not sure how effective Nux would be trying to do the same. <laughs> They're about the same size, Nux and Max, but Max is just built differently. Yeah. Plus Nux is, you know, dying. Yeah. Although he has a fresh supply of blood. <laughs> this is true. 
crazy blood filling yes. them up. High octane. <laughs> I think the fact that Max's chain is wrapped the way it is is the reason why he can just throw his elbow into Furiosa's hip and spin out of that choke. Like, he knows what direction the chain is going, so all he has to do is turn himself to fix that, and then he's golden. Well, I wouldn't say golden. Like, he's still in a fight, but still, you know what I mean. <laughs> Less screwed. Yeah. And not only is Max able to throw Furiosa back with the punch, he's also able to, I guess, use his leg to go between her legs and spin her back so that they end up rolling around in such a way that he can pin her down at least a little bit. And we get to this shot where it's very easily divided. We've got three sections of the shot. This is right around second nine if you're following along at home. In the left third, you've got Capable Toast and Angherit, and they're fighting Nux for the magazine. And then in the middle third, you've got Furiosa and Max. And on the rightmost third, you've got Cheeto and the Dag. <laughs> and Cheeto is just still holding her back. She won't let the Dag go. I feel like the Dag's not actually trying that hard. I think what emboldens the dag is the fact that Furiosa is able to knock Max off with the water hose. And the way that Furiosa goes for the water hose, it's one of the more disorienting shots to watch because the arms and the flailings, the way that Max is reaching out and the way that Furiosa is moving her arm around, it's very hard to follow. Yeah. It is. There's just something about it and it's kind of hard to pinpoint. What's so weird about that moment? It does feel a little bit more realistic, though. It's that manic energy yeah. right. that I mentioned before. It's fight or flight. It's a survival, like, frantic motion thing, I think. So I was clicking through this shot, frame by frame, and the whole time Furiosa has her eyes closed. She's literally grasping for straws in the dark, or groping in the dark, or whatever yeah. the phrasing I want to use is. Because... Her arm is in a bunch of loose dirt, and so she's throwing dirt around. And so in an effort not to get dirt in her eyes again, yeah. she's got them closed. And Max seems to be doing a terrible job of grabbing at her arm. He tries to go for her elbow. She pushes his hand away. He goes for her wrist. And with the way that she's moving her arm around, he always just narrowly misses it and puts his hand into the dirt again. It's a lot of grabbing, a lot of flailing, not a lot actually getting done. It's like when I watch you play video games and you're fighting, like, the big boss type of thing. You never stop moving. You just keep, like, zigging and zagging all over the map, even while you're, like, I don't know, reloading your gun or something. You never stop moving. Yeah. That's how you avoid getting hit. Yeah. yeah. Strafe. Yeah, see, I don't do that. <laughs> Serpentine. Serpentine. I can only do, when I play video games, I can only do one thing at a time. So if I need to reload, I stop. Reload. <laughs> yeah. I stop, take a shot. Yeah. I can't do two things at once. That's why I like vats. Because I'm not really a good shot on the fly. Because it games. stops everything? Yeah. In, <laughs> not in 76, which is a frustration of mine. But yeah, I like, I'm like. i not good at aiming in video games. So yeah, I, if I could just vats everything, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do it. <laughs> With her hand on the water hose, Furiosa just starts swatting at Max. Back and forth. She hits him three or four times with this dang hose. And I don't know if it's because she had the valve that turned on the water or if it was just a side effect of him being swatted in the face, but the water turns on again and that starts going everywhere because we just love to waste water in this movie. But I think the hose slapping emboldens the dag or the dag is able to shake Cheeto off. 
And so she decides, oh, hey, it's chain yanking time again. And Max gets pulled backwards. But it kind of backfires. Yeah. Where even is Cheeto in this? Like, I couldn't see her. I can see the other wives, but I can't see Cheeto. Yeah, Cheeto's back there somewhere. Okay. Sure she is. She didn't just vanish. She's not a fairy princess. <laughs> I imagine she probably retreats to a distance at which she feels safe. Yeah. yeah. It's unfortunate, though... The, the dad trying to be helpful. I guess Max has been yanked around enough that he's gotten used to it. And he's able to translate that pulling motion into a roll and just pin Furiosa again, but this time a little bit further down, a little bit closer to Nux. And I don't know how he's able to maintain control of Furiosa's arm because there's a point in the roll where they stop and Max has to let go of Furiosa's arm in order to switch, like, which hand he's holding on to her with. And her arm stays behind her back long enough for him to make that transition. And I don't know if it's a result of being rolled around or if it's just, it's a movie, it's got to work this way. But I feel like she could have gotten her arm out. And it's rather convenient for Max that she didn't instantly react to being let go for a moment. Yeah. I know that some people aren't as flexible as others, and since her arm was basically pinned behind her, she might not have been as flexible and able to just whip her arm out. And his leg is also kind of in the way. Yeah. So that might have been part of it. The important thing here is that Nux is able to crawl away from the wives enough in order to just hold out the magazine for Max. And I remember watching this movie for the first time, and I love the way that even though they're not really allied, Nux sees Max and says, oh, I'm going to help my blood bag because he's in a position to do something. So I'm going to hold out the magazine. I'm not going to toss it to him. I'm just going to hold it out on the ground for him to load into the handle of the gun. Yeah, yeah I thought that move was pretty slick. So Max slides the magazine into the gun and then he moves the gun towards his back and mm-hmm. does something. What is he doing? So he's racking the slide and that puts a round into the chamber. Because why did he have to go behind his back to do it? Because he doesn't have anything that he could uh, snag it on. What you'll see a lot of times if you only have one hand available to manipulate your firearm, you can use your belt to oh, uh, to, okay. to rack the slide on the where you can see the chamber. So that that's why. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He's probably got, like, a belt or something on the back of his pants that you can snag it on. That's a typical thing. Okay. So what would have happened if he hadn't done that is he probably just would have pulled the trigger and nothing would have happened. Tink, tink, tink. Yeah. That's it. If there's no... uh, Explain (laughs) when a bullet is fired in a gun it cycles the next one up, please. Okay, so um, when a round is fired, uh, the slide will slide back and the casing will get ejected and that action will also put the next round into the chamber ready to be fired. So because they had ejected the magazine before the round was fired that ricocheted off the tanker, the slide on most firearms would be locked back, but that one had been um, modified. And so there's nothing in the chamber, so you have to rack it in order to get a round in there. Is that good enough? I'm not, I'm not it, an expert. I just, this is like layman's terms. I hope that that helps. <laughs> you were able to explain it in a coherent way, which is really better than I could ask. Okay. Better good. than I could do. <laughs> so Max does something interesting here. I don't know if it's payback for having a shot fire right next to his ear in Monday's minute, but here, after he racks the slide, he fires three shots into the dirt right next to Furiosa's head. So I had some thoughts about this. So it could be warning shots 
It could be payback, and it also could be making sure that the firearm is going to function properly, and he's showing her that it's going to function properly. Because mm. a lot of a lot of guns, especially newer ones and polymer guns and stuff like that, they are not super great at being functional after they've gotten really dirty. Like if it was a 1911, since those ones, they're an older firearm, and a lot of the older ones, if you pick them up and shake them, they actually rattle because they're not super tightly fit which is great for situations like this, because if there's dirt and grime in it, it's still going to work. But a Glock might not function as much, so maybe he was just making sure that it was going to work or proving that it was going to work. Like, yeah. This is loaded, and it's working. Simmer down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I like about this, on Monday, when the shot went off, we got a couple of seconds of tinnitus ringing. This time around, we don't. Because Furios is not our POV character. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, this movie, it can be argued, is Furios's story, but she's not our main character. So if she is being plagued by a tinnitus ring, we're not going to hear it because she's not our number one. I like that gentle reminder that Max is our POV, especially ahead of really the story getting going where it becomes, oh, this is Furios's story. Ahead of that, we're being reminded, no, this is Max. We are following Max. And Max just is happening upon this fantastic story happening to other people. Yeah. Like he do. Yeah. Like he do. So with the barrel of a gun held to the back of her head, Furiosa decides, okay, fight's over for now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> fight's over. And we get this moment of quiet. And everybody's just kind of awkwardly standing around because they're not quite sure what to do next. But in the distance... You can hear something, and then Furiosa looks, and Max follows her gaze, and in the distance on the horizon, you can see the war party approaching. Mm -hmm. You can hear them. Yeah, that's the best part. You just get that little <laughs> bit of a guitar sound in the distance, and everyone's like, oh yeah, that's right, we are being actively pursued. Yeah. <laughs> we should probably consider that. I'm still amused by the fact that Nux thinks that they're allies. Oh yeah. Like, I don't know why you would think that, because... It's, <laughs> what are you doing, Nux? It's, it's so funny to me that he's just like, yeah, yeah, we got him. It's, Still calls him Bloodbag. Yeah. Like it's his nickname. <laughs> what bothers me is that the first thing he says is glory me, Bloodbag, which I don't think he's necessarily saying, Bloodbag, you should give me glory for this thing that I have accomplished. I think it's an exclamation. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, heavens to Betsy. Yeah. yeah. Well, goodness gracious, my star's above. Yeah. <laughs> or, holy crap. That would be like, yeah. <laughs> but he's obviously very excited, especially because they snagged her alive. And I love this whole we thing. Yeah. Like, as if Nux was the one that, like, contributed an equal part. He helped. He, yeah, he did help. And yeah, in like a shake and bake kind of way. Yeah. Like, Max gave him the bag full of raw chicken and breading, and he sat there and shook it for a couple of minutes. And I helped. Yeah. But still, he's got this look on his face. It's like Christmas morning for him. He is grinning from ear to ear, and he's grabbing Max by the shoulders and tossing his hair. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen anyone tossle Max's hair before. No, I don't think so. Like, I guess if you want to go back to Mad Max 79, there was that toweling off scene. That doesn't count. But that's not the same thing. No. This is just bizarre. <laughs> this is a playful thing. This is Nux being two seconds away from calling Max sport. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All 
Oh my goodness. This is so funny though. Just the whole concept of Nux not getting not getting it is just amusing to me. Max would totally kill Nux as soon as look at him because of what he's just gone through. Well, maybe not kill him, but disable him in some yeah. way. I mean, we see on Friday specifically how Max is going to treat Nux. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely not kill, but no. he's going to hurt him. Yeah. I can kind of sympathize with Nux a little bit as far as being a little too friendly with someone you've just met. Yeah. There are certain people that have certain physical boundaries to them that you don't want to necessarily overstep, even if it is by accident. Yes, I myself have a very large personal space bubble, and people get into it all the time. It stresses me out. Some people are not huggers. I am not a hugger. Some people don't <laughs> want their hair to be tousled. This is also me. <laughs> and Max, oh my gosh, you can't see his face all that much because it is covered by a muzzle. But... It's like he's gritting his teeth as if he was going to say, why are you touching me? Please yeah. stop touching me. This is like uh, the aunt that comes up and like pinches your cheek really hard. Yeah. It's like, just leave me alone. Why are you? Why? <laughs> <laughs> it's all in the eyes with Max. Yes. And I love how Nux goes from focusing on Max saying, oh, look at what we did. And then he regards Furiosa and he gets right down into her face and he's like, Oh, well, Morton Joe, he's going to shred ya. Or, no, he says specifically, he's going to shred her. And then he repeats right next to her face, shred her. Which I was unaware that the shredder was going to be in this movie. <laughs> I think this movie is really petty on Nux's part. It's like a little kid yeah, rubbing it in his face. Well, I mean, he's, prob he's probably mentally a, a child. Right, raised as... A war boy in a cult? Like, how mentally mature is he really going to be? Yeah. Not so much. And he already sort of resigned himself that he was going to die. And he tried to basically kill himself in a glorious way. So he's just excited that something is going right. As great as dying in glory and going to Valhalla is, equally great is the idea that you're going to do something for the Immortan that he would then reward you for. Mm-hmm. Very much so. This is like the most exciting day of his life. <laughs> this is what he has worked for. And everything that has come before now has all led him to this point where he gets to be successful in the eyes of Immortan Joe. Mm. Quick note about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I don't remember if this was mentioned back when we were talking about Road Warrior Beyond Thunderdome or anything like that. But there was a three-episode arc of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles animated TV show. This is the one that started in 2012 and the episode aired in 2017. But they did a three-episode arc where Raphael and a Donatello that had been downloaded into a robot body existed in a post-apocalypse. <laughs> and they were, I think, rolling through the wasteland fighting a bunch of honey badgers <laughs> because all the humans were dead because of a mutant bomb. So that's something you can check out if you like TMNT and post-apocalyptic stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Is that... I think it's a bomb that only kills humans. Oh, okay. So that's the opposite of what the Enclave wanted to do in politics. Exactly. Mm. So all of the humans were dead and all the animals were turned into mutants, which is why you have honey badger motorcycle gangs. That sounds like the starting of uh, Tank Girl. Yeah. As well. I guess that is a movie that we need to throw on the hiatus. Yeah, list. yeah. You could almost say it's in the same universe. Because it's weird. Yeah, and it's post apocalyptic and there's kangaroos. Of, is it in Australia? I, I think know. so. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Ice tea's in that one. 
as a mutant kangaroo. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. We've we've talked about Tank Girl before. Huh. <laughs> it's definitely not my kind of movie. <laughs> but that is one part of this adventure that we are on is watching movies that perhaps we wouldn't otherwise watch. <laughs> so after Nux is done taunting Furiosa, he sits back up and Max is back on the bolt cutters thing. And he growls out bolt cutters chain. He wants Nux to get on this. And so Nux scrambles off to go grab the bolt cutters. And I love how Max has to reach out his hand and stop him because He's been pulled around so many times because of flailing and irresponsible movement that the last thing that he needs is to get pulled off of Furiosa yet again for the fight to recommence. I didn't realize that that's what he was doing. I thought he was, like, trying to make sure that he wasn't going to get smacked on the back of the head with the bolt cutters. That's what I thought, too. <laughs> no, he was trying to make sure he, that Nux didn't go too far away. That makes sense. It does make sense. It makes a lot more sense. <laughs> And Nux, he stops and he slows down and he holds out his arm so that it's a bit closer to Max before he picks up those bolt cutters. <laughs> and then he gets distracted by the majesty and the glory of the fleet coming their way. And he's, he's got no sense of urgency at this point. And Max is like, mm -hmm. come on, let's go. But, so Nux then says something, and I think it's unclear if he's talking about the pursuit vehicles or if he's talking about the wives yeah see i was i wasn't sure because the way that he's looking it could be interpreted as either and i don't know if he's ever encountered the wives up close and personal like this or if he's looking at the pursuit vehicles because either way it could be interpreted a, a different way i think it totally works either way he says oh look at them and he's playing the pronoun game yeah so shiny so chrome he's gonna be so grateful so obviously he's talking about Immortan Joe there at the end. Right. So he could be looking at the wives, a yeah. caliber of woman that he's never seen before. And they're clean and they're like not mutated, not covered in tumors and sores and stuff. But he also could very easily be talking about the Giga Horse and the Bigfoot yeah. and the Doof Wagon. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure. Yeah, the way they use Shiny and Chrome is very much not typical, not the way we use shiny and crawl. Right. It's more like awesome and beautiful. And right. It's a very fluid way to yeah, describe things. Yeah, words we use to describe all sorts of things. Yep. Yeah. Max has to shake the chain in order to focus Nux up. He always has to do this. People always forget about the chain. The dag forgot about the chain. Yeah. Nux forgets about the chain. They start seeing the war party in the distance and their mind just goes. And so Max has to constantly remind them, um, hello. Yeah. Chain, please. Yeah. If you notice that Cheeto is now holding back the dag again. Again. <laughs> What's interesting about this is that Nux goes up and he clips through that chain with very little effort. Like, oh, yeah. Clip, boom, it's like done. Butter. It really highlights the fact that when the dag was going and working on the chain, oh, she was hamming it up. Either that or she's got no upper body strength. Like, we talked about it earlier. She lived in a vault and they're not working out like prison guys. Yeah. I mean, and she was probably also terrified. So, I don't know. It could have been, it could be that. But Nux is, you know, dying. So he can't be too strong. I don't know. It could have been an act. I'm, I think it was a little of both. Yeah. yeah. The dag is, oh, she's just a wayfish little thing. She could never possibly cut this chain. And she's like, 
pulling down on it, like pulling Max's head to the side. Like all of that just seemed to me like the ingredients for the perfect blindside hit. Yeah. For Furios to just Sandra Bullock his butt. That's true. Also, how many times in the Dag's life has she had to use bolt cutters? Yeah. Like, we know that Nux is a black finger, so he's probably had to use bolt cutters a couple times. The Dag, probably not. I've only used bolt cutters a handful of times, and I know the first time I used them, I was pretty bad at it. So, I don't know. It could be many things. I don't know. But whatever it was, as soon as that chain is cut... Max is relieved, but Nux is just starry-eyed. He takes a couple of steps back, and he's like, oh, we could ask for anything. I want to drive the war rig. Like, that's his ultimate dream. Forget none of these pursuit vehicles with the Lancers or anything. Like, no, he wants the big car. He's such a petrol head. I, mean, <laughs> I want to drive the war rig, too. I mean, who doesn't? Yeah, I can understand that. I do think it's interesting, though, that I mean, spoiler alert, later on in the film, he actually gets to, but it's not even something that he doesn't take that second to say, oh, this is what I always wanted. This is what I, this is what I would have asked for. He doesn't care anymore. It's just survive. And I think that's interesting that he's come to that realization in such a short time that who cares? It's, it's a war rig. Just go, just survive. It's interesting. I think it's most interesting that his ultimate goal in life is to be placed in a position of honor in the service of the immortal. Like, he is so on board with everything that Joe represents that his ultimate dream is to just be this prestigious level of driver. Like, he'd still be a driver. Yeah. Except now he gets to be this glorious level as opposed to just a lowly... I don't even know what class of car he drives. It's not like it's a Caltrop car or anything like that. I think it's just a Lancer vehicle. Yeah. We get hints at ranks, pretty much just the Imperator rank. Mm. Do you think there's other ranks akin to modern day military ranks? I think there probably would be. Look at a Morton Joe and his whole like uniform. It's, yeah. It's got all these medals and everything. He's kind of adopted that military thing. And I know that I haven't read the comics, but I know that isn't there a backstory he actually was military? Yeah, he was a colonel. Yeah, so I would think that he would use that sort of military uh hierarchy yeah to the chain of command to sort of do his own version of it for his you know cult of personality type thing so it would make sense to me that they would have multiple things like that i wonder if they all start with i it's like morton imperator etc i can definitely see nux in the situation where immortan joe and all of his lieutenants catch up to the war rig i could see nux getting an imperator designation Mm-hmm. Like being taken out of the ranks of the war boys and given something prestigious like that title. I don't know if he has ambitions that high because he knows his days are numbered. Mm. I think it's a little, maybe it's a little dark, but I think this is like his, his make a wish thing. Ah. Like he knows that he's, he's going to die real soon. But like he said, if he's going to die, he wants to, you know, do it on the Fury Road and, and he wants to do something like drive the war rig before it's too late. And maybe this is how he can achieve that dream because that's all he can achieve sort of thing because he's not going to live very long. So Nux is the cancer kid who thinks, oh, I want to be Batman for a day. He wants to go to Disney and Disney is the war rig. Well, he better hope that another incident happens soon because if they all get taken back to the Citadel, he gets to drive the war rig and everything's fine. Well, then he needs to hang on long enough that he can still die on the Fury Road. 
Otherwise, he'll just die in the hospital. Mm. Yeah, if he was, quote-unquote, running on empty at the beginning of the day, what's to say that he wouldn't also be running on empty the next day or the day after that or one of those situations? Yeah, but at that point, like, if he's been acknowledged as he did this great thing and he got to drive the war rig, I feel like maybe he feels like he could die happy then mm. and he wouldn't have to try to strive to achieve any sort of recognition. Or Joe would be so impressed with them that Nux would be hooked up to two blood bags yeah. or he would get some sort of advanced treatment from the organic mechanic yeah. more so than just the rank and file war boys. Yes, because the Imperators that hang out with Joe are older men. It's possible that they weren't stricken with various cancers the way that the war boys as a whole generally are or through their deeds have earned better medical care. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if Joe's able to set up a climate-controlled domed harem, those other Imperators have got to have, maybe not exactly the same or nearly as nice accommodations, but they've got to have something better, just in general. Yeah. Perks? Yeah, honestly. There are perks to higher ranks. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, why go to a higher rank? (laughs) (laughs) Just more responsibility. (laughs) Well, that pretty much brings us to the end of today's episode. We are going to be back on Friday where Max is going to make it clear that he and Nux are not friends. They are not on the same side. He cannot sit with Max at lunch. (laughs) We're also going to see Hang Herod be a little bold and get grazed by a bullet. And Furiosa is going to remind the wives exactly who's in charge. The Mad Max Minute Podcast is a fan project by Rick and Julia Ingham. The Mad Max franchise was created by George Miller and Byron Kennedy, is presented by Kennedy Miller Mitchell Productions, and distributed by Warner Brothers. Mad Max Minute is produced and edited by Rick Ingham. Our opening music is Verdi's Dies Irae by Daniel Batista of DanielBatista.com. Our home on the internet is MadMaxMinute.com. You can follow us on Twitter at MadMaxMinute, like us on Facebook by searching for MadMaxMinute, and join our Facebook listener group, MadMaxMinute Beyond Microphone. If you'd like to support the podcast, visit MadMaxMinute.com, where you can see what's in our Tee Public store, join our Patreon, or even donate to the show to help us keep the tanks full. Thank you for joining us for Minute 38 of Fury Road. See you next time.